0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Disney WTF, where we talk about what's the fuss about Disney. This is episode 45, brought to you by The Walt Daily. And for those that don't know us by now, we are a Disney couple. One of us is a Disney fanatic, and one of us is not. But somehow, we've made a way to make this relationship work.
1: Yeah. The Walt Daily. Yes. How's it going?
0: I'm a little sick.
1: You look a little sick. For
0: people that can listen in and possibly see me. I'm t- I have a cold.
1: I don't know. He, he, okay, and I don't know if this sounds sexist, but I feel like he has a man cold. So it's like I was a little Legitimate bit cold. a little bit sick last week. Maybe I gave this to you, but when I I went to work, I wasn't complaining. I was just tired a little bit and yeah. had a little cough. But you, you're like, uh...
0: I am. I am not feeling well. Well, I'm stuffy. My ears. I can't hear out of my ears properly.
1: He he wanted to prove to me so bad last night that he had a fever that he went to Walgreens just to buy a thermometer <laughs> and some Tylenol. She didn't believe me <laughs>
0: that I had a that I had a, a fever
1: because you you run a little hot normally. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Well.
1: Well, and then we took my temperature and I was like cold, like I was below. Cold hearted. Like cold hearted. <laughs> apparently. Yeah. Anyways. Headlines. Okay, so first headline. Disney has just released information about how they're going to integrate Marvel into the parks. Okay, and so they're going—they're going to start off by integrating it into a California Adventure in Disneyland. In order to do this in, in, in Disneyland, they're going to have to take out a Bugs Land which is, you know, the movie A Bug's yeah. Life. So apparently, I, I didn't I wasn't aware of this because I'm not super familiar with Disneyland, but they have a land that's dedicated to Bug's Life, but that's going to be taken out in order to make room for more Guardians of the Galaxy Marvel things. And then in Disneyland Paris, they're going to, well, at Walt Disney Studios in Disneyland Paris, they're going to integrate Iron Man and the Avengers, and then in Hong Kong Disneyland, they're going to integrate Ant-Man and the Wasp. So that was just released today.
0: Wow, that's a lot of like different, like a lot of different stuff in different places.
1: Yeah. I mean, it seems like they're doing that on purpose, I guess, to give variety and whatnot.
0: Yeah. I'm wondering if, it, if it's like strategies, like let's put these in separate places so people have to come here if they want to experience this.
1: Well, it totally makes sense. I mean, we traveled across the world to experience <laughs> almost the same thing, but a little different. Yeah. So can you imagine if it's like really, really different and then we want to experience like Mm -hmm. you know brand new things yeah super crazy but it's smart it's the way to do it yeah okay next headline do you know the Indiana Jones franchise yes have you seen (laughs) the movies from the Indiana Jones franchise when I was a child okay well anywho Indiana Jones 5 Steven Spielberg said that he's gonna start filming Indiana Jones 5 in 2019 oh nice and Harrison Ford is gonna be indie
0: well, that makes sense.
1: Well, it does. He's, <laughs> he's
0: borderline Indiana Jones.
1: Well he that's that's who he I know, Harrison Ford is just who he plays like on the side. Yeah. But he's actually Indiana Jones. So that's super exciting for any Indiana Jones fans, especially like I mean, the only real Indiana Jones thing we have here in Florida is at Hollywood Studios. They have the stunt spectacular and it's a lot of people say it's showing its age, and I, I love it. I think it's like a gem, especially if you want to be a part of the magic and, you know, get cast as an extra and get to do, like, things in the marketplace. But, yeah, maybe it'll revitalize the franchise once again, and maybe we'll see more Indiana Jones in the future. Yeah. it be super exciting. Interesting. Yes, I think so. <laughs> I think so. Okay, last headline. Tickets for Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party and... And the uh, Christmas party are on sale.
0: Oh, nice. It's <laughs> tough to get out. I know. I don't know why. It's a mouthful. <laughs> yeah. Oh my
1: gosh. It's super funny. It's a mouthful. Uh, so um, tickets are going to be either $75 in advance or $85 at the gate if they're still available for the Halloween party. Mm-hmm. And then $95 yeah. pre-sale and $105 at the gate for the Christmas party. Hmm. Super pricey. Yeah. And I should note, you're going to be really upset about this. The The Halloween parties start a full more than two months ahead of Halloween. They start August 17th. And I think we so mentioned early. that before, but
0: yeah,
1: yeah so I thought, thought you might want to know that.
0: Well, it's ridiculous.
1: It is ridiculous. <laughs> you know what's also ridiculous? Hmm the parking rate increases. Yes. which is the inspiration for today's episode actually. So it's
0: almost like a big headline.
1: It's a big big headline yeah. and it's not quite the main event of the show because unfortunately like at the information I was initially trying to find about the parking rate history and um, rate increases wasn't quite there available on my go-to source, mm-hmm. the internet but I found a lot of good information about the history of just general admission tickets, which I think that you're going to find super interesting because we've never really talked about it before.
0: Yeah, cool, okay.
1: So, are you ready? Yes. Let's do it.
0: Okay. Before before though, I wanted to make a quick mention of, of like brief history of our headline situation because I think when we first started this podcast I think I don't think you were gonna di- like I think I had forced in headlines do you remember that
1: well you encouraged me to do headlines yeah
0: so I hope people are enjoying headlines
1: I, th- I mean it's always good to be up to date on Disney news and we yeah. don't go over everything that's you know a lot of people a lot of podcasts actually have just news dedicated shows because there's always so much Disney news to get out there mm-hmm. A lot of like live shows on Facebook, for instance, that people do are, are dedicated to Disney news. Interesting. Okay. We only do three headlines. That's yeah. our standard. <laughs> yeah. It's like the bare minimum. <laughs> <laughs> Just to get by. Barely scathing by. We're barely doing headlines. Yeah. But, anywho, nice segue, Richie. Appreciate it. So, let's go over the history of tickets at Walt Disney World. Okay? Okay. So... First things first, let's get right out of the gate. Opening day, 1971, Magic Kingdom, you're there. To get general admission, it's $3.50, which, adjusted for inflation, there was a nice little calculator that I found um, online, is $21.68. 20
0: bucks to get in. Yes, 20 bucks to get
1: in. and. The difference, though, that they had back in those days was that you had what was called general admission, which was this ticket. You also got a ticket for transportation services in it as a part of this package, which included your ride on the monorail, your ride on the ferry, your ride on the tram. Which So that was like... I, I couldn't really find out if it was like... It wasn't technically separated, like a t- separated ticket. It was just like a part of the whole thing for the experience. Mm-hmm. But then once you got in the park, you couldn't just go on any ride like how we can go on today. Okay. What you would have to do is buy um, a ticket book, or an adventure book, which consisted of like almost how you have to have carnival tickets, Mm -hmm. and you pay four tickets for the roller coaster, three tickets for the merry-go-round, or whatever it may be. So it was like that type of system, except that they divided it into A through E ticket attractions. So have you ever heard myself or maybe somebody else mention, like, oh, it's an e-ticket attraction? Never heard that. Okay. Ever. Okay. (laughs) Well, see, this is so good. I'm so glad we're going over this then because this is, like, an important part of Disney history. So e-ticket attractions are the big guns. And when Magic Kingdom first opened, there were eight e-ticket attractions. So these were the most expensive tickets to buy um, in order to ride the ride. Um, So
0: adjusted for inflation, that's like Mount Everest would be like an e-ticket,
1: right? Yeah, so perfect. That's a perfect example. Now, okay. ev- uh, Expedition Everest is an e-ticket attraction. And actually, the e-ticket attractions that were there on opening day are all still a part of Magic Kingdom today. Do you want to know what they are? <laughs> yes, <Okay>. go <laughs> so, ahead. if I said no? Oh, I would have gone over <laughs> <Okay>. them anyway. <laughs> actually, not all of them. All uh, right. One of them's gone, but... Okay, Pirates of the Caribbean, Jungle Cruise, It's a Small World, Haunted Mansion... Hall of Presidents.
0: Oh, wow. <laughs> I know. Interesting.
1: 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, Space Mountain, and the Country Bear Jamboree. Nice. Those were the eight e-ticket attractions that were like the big dogs mm-hmm. back then. And I think that a good thing to point out was that since animatronics, they were new back then. So maybe that's why kind of Hall of Presidents was kind of a bigger draw than what it is maybe today. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, so that was kind of how the, the 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 riding structure worked. So it wasn't how it is today, where there's like a you pay one flat rate, you get to ride as many attractions as you want, or anything. Interesting. Yeah, you know what? Something I found also interesting was that when you, because you know how they have the TTC, the Transportation and Ticket Center, so if you're not staying on one of the monorail resorts or one of the Magic Kingdom area resorts where you might be able to ride a boat into and you have to park actually at the transportation and ticket center and take the, the monorail or the ferry. Back in the day you could only pay cash or traveler check for your tickets. Back in the na- back in nineteen seventy one.
0: Traveler check is what are those?
1: They're like it's it's like you pay for them. You get them from the bank and you, here's $50 and you get a $50 traveler's check and basically it's like an insured, it's insured cash. So like if you were to lose them, technically the bank could replace them if you have like the little stubs that go along with Mm. it. You know what? I'm not super familiar. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Let's
0: go back to Disney.
1: (laughs) Let's just, let's let's stay in our lane here. (laughs) (laughs) So, something that I, when I was doing a little research that I found very, very interesting two rides that are not included in the e-ticket experience experiences that were a part of opening day peter pan and mr toad's wild ride they were c-ticket attractions which is crazy because nowadays i'm sure people would consider riding peter pan way before they consider going on hall of presidents yeah so interesting stuff
0: so a was like the worst
1: it wasn't that they were the worst, but maybe they were the least, like, technically interesting or, yeah, high demand. Gotcha. So.
0: I thought it would have gone the other way.
1: Like, A is like, oh, Top, A dog. Is like top dog. Yeah, yeah. I mean. Well, that's how it is, I feel like, if they were to redo the whole system. Well, no, because it's Disney still, but maybe if you were to do it nowadays, yeah. A would be like that. Yeah. So, part of the reason why they had these. You know, ticketed, e ticket, a ticket, whatever experiences was because it was like that at Disneyland. And it was a successful model like other theme parks at the time. Like, that's how they did things. And for a long time, Disney, well, not a long, long time, but for a while, Disney kept up with that even though other theme parks that were coming up trying to compete with Disney, they switched over to the model where it's one flat rate to get in and then you can experience as much attractions as you want. Okay. But Disney kind of stagnated in in that regard. Um, But by the late 1970s, that's when they started introducing what they called a one-day passport, which would eliminate the ticketed option
0: so this this is when the whole like one-time fee get access to everything came about
1: yeah exactly
0: late 1970s
1: yeah exactly but um it wasn't it wasn't available to everybody at that time so you had to be a part of what was called the magic kingdom club which was kind of like a discount program that you could be a part of but you know you for a fee of course um and then you could get those one-day passports but everyone else, like just the general public, like how you and I probably would have been, mm-hmm. we would have had to still do the ticket books in
0: gotcha. order
1: to ride the rides and pay, you know, the general mm-hmm. admission. Although I will say I do I like the idea of having a general admission just to enjoy the ambiance of the park. Because yeah. what if I don't want to ride rides? Yeah. What if I'm ninety years old and I can't ride rides? Because of my hot condition.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I feel like, I don't know, I'm I, I'm on the fence about it because it probably is a lot more convenient for just like a one-time fee, pay, and that's it, you just go in. But then again, sometimes it's cool to like know that you kind of pay for what you use kind of thing, you mm-hmm. know, kind of like taxes work, where it's like, you know, it's good to be taxed on the only things that you like want to use. And, you know, if not, you feel like your money is like just being thrown away. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so like, um, I don't know.
1: Well, let's go through a little bit more of the history and maybe you can formulate your final opinion on it because I am curious to see how... Because I have my opinions Yeah. that that maybe I'll share. You know, well, I will share okay. in a minute. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> if you're lucky. No, I'm definitely going to tell you. Um. Okay. So by, n- by, the en- by the end of the 70s, you had the one-day passport, but something that they also started doing was introducing multi-day tickets or multi-day passports. So even though Magic Kingdom was still the only park... They started to do, here's your two-day passport. Two days of Magic Kingdom fun, no ticket books. So, very good. By... (laughs) By 1982, Epcot opened. And that's when general admission was replaced with just one-day passports, just outright. Okay. And it was kind of a transition, because you know what they did? They started by... Phasing the ticket books out by making it not A through E tickets anymore, but you can buy your ticket book and then you just go pay your regular rate to get in, and then you can use wh- how- this ticket, that ticket, whatever, on mm-hmm. whatever ride you want. So it's not A through E anymore. Mm-hmm. But then eventually it was just gone altogether. Yeah. So, which makes sense. I mean, it, given the number of attractions and the the fact that most of the theme park industry was going in that direction, they found it to be better for the guest experience to make it so that guests would stay longer in their parks, pay for more food um, in the parks. So I guess it was just the better business model yeah. that they that they came to.
0: Especially when you take on like the whole like pass holder thing, you know. At some point, it's like. You think about it. At some point, you kind of it kind of paid for itself if you go enough, you know. So yeah,
1: exactly. It's and almost a-
0: like you're you out ahead.
1: And I'm glad you mentioned pass holders because this was the year that annual passes were introduced. In so in 1982, oh, okay. when when Epcot was opened, mm-hmm. you could get an annual pass for a hundred dollars, adjusted for inflation, two hundred and sixty-two dollars for mm-hmm. one year. <laughs> so at this point, a one-day passport cost $13.25, $13. 25, which was approximate, which is now considered $34 mm-hmm. adjusted for inflation. And I think that's important just so that we can kind of like get a grasp on what these numbers actually are. Um, yeah. And so a lot of it is, like, this is when ticket prices really start to start uh, ramping up. And they've increased ticket prices, obviously, over the years for inflation, and they also had to pay for all the things that they were putting in. So Epcot, at the time that it was built, was the most expensive private project on the planet that was ever done. So they had to pay for it. Yeah. And how are they doing that? They were they were using us. Yeah. Um, was
0: was Pass holder like was that enrolled or um, enrolled? At, rolled out. Was okay. that rolled out? That's okay. a, that's the word I was looking gotcha. for. Gotcha. <laughs> were pass holder like was that rolled out for the entire like both um, Disneyland and WDW, or was that just in WDW?
1: I do not have that information. Okay. Super curious. Yeah, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have that information. Um, well, it's it's possible because it's possible. Yeah. I'm just gonna say it. That's it. (laughs) Something that's also interesting about this time was that they still had they had different age structures for ticket prices so you had children um, under three free three to 12 got a child price 12 to 17 they got what was considered a junior price and then you weren't an adult until you were over 17 years old which reminds me of tokyo disneyland that's how that is yeah because they do have a junior rate they have a senior rate and the prices are different. And I, I guess it kind of, it makes sense. Um, I, I go back and forth on this because it makes sense to have that kind of experience maybe for for seniors or the really little kids. And eventually what happened was, well in 1984 Disney eliminated the junior and then over time they actually changed the, the kids to make it from three to nine and any, anyone above nine is considered an adult. So I was thinking to myself like, okay, well, are they really an adult after you're if you're above nine? Are you getting an adult experience if you're above nine years old? Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, okay, well, if they're this height, if they're over forty-four inches, then they can technically ride and everything. And if they've got you know the guts to ride everything. Then yeah, maybe they can get the same experience of an adult. Yeah. So maybe it does justify to have them pay that price.
0: Yeah, I maybe mean, that's how they thought about it.
1: <laughs> right. Know. so
0: those exact same words. They can ride everything. They're an <laughs> adult.
1: They're an adult. <laughs> It it makes me wonder about, like, if if they should have, like, seniors start younger, though, because, like, I feel like you get to a certain age, your bones start to feel a little different, and you're like, oh, my gosh, I can't ride Everest anymore my back. Yeah. You know, it's like, so I'm wondering if they just, 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 like, lower the senior age instead. Yeah. (laughs) So that it starts at, like, 30. (laughs) Yeah, that'd be great. Okay. And so another big thing that happened... Um, after 1984 was the CEO changed so Michael Eisner was brought in and there they started to increase ticket prices pretty rapidly and one of the reasons why they did that was well this was their rationale that they that they, that was released
0: you needed a bonus
1: <laughs> I'm sure they got plenty of bonuses. Yeah. But one of the ration- the rationale that they did was because they felt that Disney had been undervaluing itself up to that point, mm-hmm. Disney World, from 1971 to 1984. So from that, before that, the company was kind of running still on the idea of what would Walt do? And Walt would probably want the guests to have the best, to have perceived the best value for their dollar. But when Michael Eisner came, he's like, "Well, we've been undervaluing it this whole time. We need to get the, we, it's worth way more than this." And then yeah. prices started just going up and up.
0: I wonder if I wonder if that was because of like he felt that for other people or he felt that for himself. Like I wonder if he got there he's like, "Oh my god, this is amazing. Why are we charging this low?" <laughs> like or if he was like Perceiving based on like other people's willingness to do it yeah if that worth was there
1: and well it's crazy because apparently people did think that worth was there because guest attendance did not decrease even though the price prices of tickets were were increasing Mm -hmm. so very interesting so by 1989 that's when mgm opened and so there were three parks um at that point a one-day ticket cost 29 dollars which is equivalent to fifty nine dollars and thirty
0: three cents. Oh, say that one more time.
1: So a one day ticket. Uh-huh. Um. So I just want to go to Magic Kingdom for the day. Was twenty nine dollars, which is equivalent to twenty eighteen dollars and twenty nine dollars thirty six cents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry, I know it's a lot of numbers. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So.
0: Do they have things where like people sponsor, like, people's tickets? like to go like cuz you know how, like there's scholarships for people that want to mm-hmm. go to school and like there's things like that like i wonder if there's like a program to help people like go to disney cuz well, it's expensive
1: yeah i mean there's a lot of um like like give kids the world yeah so that's a charity local to orlando where they have um families of, with kids who have terminal diseases and illnesses Yeah, but
0: that's like and, extreme well, like, cases. Is,
1: well, and they have will make a wish foundation. Well, I guess that's kind of similar to Give Kids yeah. the World.
0: I wonder if there's like for like you know the average working individual that really wants to go and they just can't afford it. Like if there's like programs that can help them go.
1: I'm sure you there. That? Well, I mean, there's probably contests of some kind. Okay. But. <laughs> Unfortunately I do I also do not have that information okay. at, <laughs> at my fingertips at this point. So but thanks for inquiring. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So by nineteen ninety there were multi-day tickets with Park Hopper. Here's where scandal happens. Okay. Here's where things get a little crazy. Because the black market for reselling these tickets start to go up because once you have you know a park hopper with multi-day that means i could just resell this ticket and you know this person can ride whatever go on go to whatever park they want mm-hmm. and i get a little bit of a kickback from it yeah so what disney started doing to try to prevent this was they would allow only resort guests to have park hopper option which People went livid. They were livid over this, livid. <laughs> okay. Which is, I mean, it makes sense because, like, kind of having that that um, separation mm. and not allowing all guests to have the same kind of guest experience regardless of where they were staying. Yeah. But at the same time, I guess I kind of I see where they were coming from. But it probably was even then. It probably wasn't overly successful. Yeah. It's like, which parks do you want to go to? You're at Seven Eleven. Which parks do you want to go to? Magic Kingdom? Okay. <laughs> they flip through a book and like this one. Take yeah. this one. You know, I mean, I don't know if that actually happened, but I feel like it would. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, next milestone: 1998. That's when Animal Kingdom opened. So the four parks that we know today—that's by 1998—they were all open. And at that point, a one-day ticket was $42, and then in 2018, dollars, it was $64. So, and then it's like double. Yeah, no. it's, well, it's going... Yeah, exactly. And that's that's kind of where I'm going to end off, is just, like, the prices just start skyrocketing. 2009, $79. And this... I feel like once they went past the 70s, like, $70 range, that's when I, like, as... A young adult was like wow this is a lot of money this is pretty <laughs> crazy because yeah. it felt like when it was under 80 dollars, like maybe it was a reasonable thing because you felt like you got that value but but nowadays it it does seem like it's pricey yeah. for the value you get and and i i didn't want to say this so soon and in, like into into my history lesson but i think that the value that you get yes there's a lot of attractions to be seen at the parks and that's you know one of the ways that they justify the price increases but at the same time the crowds are so crazy you can't experience all that they have there so how much how valuable is it to be standing in line for one ride and you know not being able to get around to the next ride miss your fast pass because it's so crowded or you know it's just the value that they're saying is justifying $129 that's the, how much it would cost on a peak season for a one day ticket today $129 I really don't know that I see the value in that because I feel like if I go to Magic Kingdom for one day I'm not going to get $129 worth yeah. of experiences
0: Yeah, that's interesting like I'm wondering if it's they should just get like a full i'm wondering if there's a way to do like a like a group package where it's like it's almost like a timeshare where like everyone puts into a pool of money mm-hmm. buys a ticket and then they can only go at certain times
1: well it's it that's i feel like that's exactly what annual passes are because
0: yeah but you can only capitalize to... on that for yourself for the year one payment but like if yeah. two people came together and bought one annual pass and then shared that that's more like where only one of them can go at a time that's more like the idea that i just said
1: yeah well like even though that was a super brief history of tickets mm-hmm. ticketing is so complicated that i wouldn't put it past like something like that to just form randomly because there are discounts that you can get discounts for everything now annual passes they're divided into premiere platinum gold and silver which mm-hmm. by the way premiere is when you get um, annual passes to both Disney World and Disneyland mm-hmm. fifteen hundred and twenty nine dollars it can be yours yeah. um, and then there's also like last year and the year before they had Canadian discounts for certain times of the year like <laughs> during the winter which is a great idea because like yeah, you know smart. there's a lot of Canadians that come down yeah, to Florida yeah. for for the winter
0: real smart real smart guys
1: I mean but it just <laughs> like tickets are so complicated like and they're more complicated than ever now because they have peak, regular value season that determined the one-day ticket price a few years ago they they made it so that magic kingdom would have an increased price compared to all the other parks and now it's it's not like that anymore now it is just the peak regular and and value season Mm -hmm. um I mean, really tickets, I had no idea that they were so incredibly complicated, especially like we've always kind of just gotten an annual pass. Mm-hmm. Like when they introduced the silver gold, you know, we did have to kind of res- do our research to see what worked out best for us, which summer does not work for us. So, you know, we, we got the silver, mm-hmm. but
0: you're okay with It's hot.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Summer doesn't work for us. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, but now it's just, it's really, really interesting to yeah. see how how complicated it's gotten. And so here's a fun fact. So Disney World, it hasn't quite been open 50 years. It'll be open 50 years in 2021. But since grand opening in 1971, ticket prices have gone up 60 times. Yeah. The, the two The two biggest months for price increases are February and June. So buy your tickets in in January and <laughs> <in> May.
0: <laughs> okay. You know what's crazy about their 50th anniversary? What? That you might be attending with a two-year-old. What?
1: <laughs> Let's see. Let's do the math on that. A two-year-old. You have to have a baby by that next would, year. That would be impossible, but we're not getting married until next year.
0: I'm just I mean, you know. I
1: could definitely have a baby before that, I know. So I do want to ask this question to you because... I get so much enjoyment out of going to the parks in general, like just being there, listening to the music, which by the way, Disney World was the first theme park to integrate ambient music into every walkway besides the point, but enjoying that ambiance and just being in the magic without actually having to ride rides, I would be fine with that. Would it be possible if they could reintroduce the ticket, the, the ticket book, A through E again that way, if Papa, my 89-year-old grandmother, wants to go, she doesn't have to pay $129 because she's not going to do anything except, you know, sit.
0: Literally ride around. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, and I would be fine with that doing it for myself as well. Like, I don't have to ride rides. Yeah. I would be fine with just chilling at the hub.
0: I think a senior discount, like, I think like, an, like a senior discount would work instead.
1: hmm
0: I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of okay with it for like the normal situations where it's like, like, you pay and like, one-time fee, and... I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to deal with.
1: Yeah.
0: It's a, it's a solid question. I feel like I'd really have to look at the economics of everything.
1: Yeah, and it, it is hard, and you know Cause what I...
0: Because you, like, you were saying, like, ticketing is complex, but, like, all the things that go into Disney, I'm sure it's also, like, super complex,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and it's just, like, I'm wondering if it just makes, from a profit standpoint, and, like, all those other types of things from an economic standpoint, um, dealing with seasons and things like that. I'm just wondering if like, as a, from a business decision, if it just makes sense for them to have that flat rate fee, that's fairly expensive, Mm -hmm. um,
1: be paid. I mean, I'm sure it does. I'm sure it works out better for, for them in terms of the financials and, um, crowd control, but Here's where, I mean, I feel like the fact that now they're charging for resort parking, which again was kind of like the the stimulus to me looking into just ticket price history Mm -hmm. in general... And a lot of people are angry because they're saying it's a cash grab. And then I'm trying to think to myself, I'm trying to give Disney the benefit of the doubt. Well, okay, are they trying to eliminate cars? Are they trying to force people more into using their bus transportation? Um, are they trying to do improvements on their transportation, like improvements on the monorail? And this is how they're going to fund it. They are integrating the new Gondola Skyway. Maybe this is a way they're going to help fund it. And another thing is, like, that, I, that I, I'm... I'm just putting it out there, I don't like paying for parking at a resort. I think that's, I hate it. I hate it if I'm at, you know, in the Marriott, like I don't like it anywhere. Yeah, no. I don't like it anywhere, especially at Disney. But like you, you you wonder like how long has Disney like been putting it off? Because it, it is standard at most resort style hotels that you do pay for overnight parking. Mm-hmm. So.
0: So mm. let me get this straight. I don't know exactly how this works. So yeah. we stay at the All-Star Resort, yes. usually when we go.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: When we park our car, mm-hmm. we have to pay for parking? Yes. That's crap.
1: But here's the thing. <laughs> if you go and you're just like like if you just go to the day for the day, like if I want to go have lunch at Kona Cafe at the Poly, like I don't have to pay for parking for daytime. Like I just have to pay oh, for your overnight. Staying there overnight. It's literally overnight parking is how they're describing God, it. So it's
0: like they're they're additionally taxing you if you stay on property.
1: Yeah. And, and and a lot of that, people yeah. are outraged, and they say like, "Oh, I'm never staying on property again." Yeah. And it's like Disney's going to call our bluff. Is what's going to happen? Yeah. You say you're not going to stay on property.
0: Like I wonder though, will it be cheaper to like leave your car somewhere and like kind of Uber in to stay somewhere?
1: Uber in, <laughs> park <inside> at <laughs> Walmart, which Walmart allows overnight parking. Exactly. So. I just wonder if it's like there's we'll a Walmart on Osceola Parkway. <laughs> So, yeah, I don't know. It's 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 pretty insane. Yeah. They even I didn't know this. They charge for the charging stations too for the electric cars? No, I
0: did not know that. I thought yeah. that was so free you, charging. So, you
1: have to pay for the parking and then they charge you I don't know what this means at all, but 35 cents per kilowatt hour.
0: Oh, yeah. Whatever it's like that means. The battery that, like the energy that goes Yeah, on but the I don't know
1: how much that is. Yeah. How much does that? Like if I charge my car, does that mean it's going to be $20? Does that mean it's going to be $80? Yeah. That's all. No, I, I was just wondering. Cheap. So yeah, it's it's with any ticket price or Disney price increase, like you you try to justify the value, the demand, and yeah. all that economical stuff. I'm not one of those people because I don't understand much of it. But as a consumer, anytime the price go, price goes up, it's it's a blow. Yeah.
0: So I have a I have a question for you, and possibly anyone that's listening that wants to shoot me this answer. Mm-hmm. What would make you really think about, like, what would make you so upset at Disney that you're like, I'm not going anymore?
1: Um, it'd probably have to do with something economically, like financially. Okay. Like, so that, I guess in a way, like, it wouldn't be so much me saying like, I'm not going anymore. It'd be mean like, I can't afford to go anymore.
0: Okay. But if you had the means to, okay, would there be anything that would so obviously financially because I mean you just can't go like mm-hmm. you can't go because you can't pay for it yeah Unless you break the law
1: true and you sneak in <laughs> like a
0: ninja um but if you had the means to still go uh-huh. would there be anything because I think you know a lot of people are you know for them it might be financially that might not make them want to go whatever but is there something that would make you not want to go anymore mm. that wasn't financial because let's assume that you would always have the means to go
1: um That's really hard. (laughs) You're like Disney, you're calling my bluff. (laughs) (laughs) That, I'd I'd have to get back to you, because I can't, off the top of my head, I can't think of anything, like even, unless I found that they like, killed seals, you know, or something weird, like super crazy, environmentally unfriendly, but they would never do that.
0: Yeah, what if they had like, scandalous like, abuse in the, uh, like in corporate or something, I don't know. Well, like some common thing that we see on the news nowadays.
1: No, I don't think that would because that's an individual. It's not the company. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, I mean, I guess it's the culture of the company technically if it's allowing that. And, yeah. I mean, that's a whole other thing. You just opened it. <laughs> why'd you open that can <laughs> okay. of worms? But well, I I, is there something that you can think of? I mean, even though you're not like a super like Disney person as me, but maybe that you could be like, no, I think we're going to skip out on Disney from now on.
0: No, I can't. I can't because like it would only be because of you. Mm. I feel like it's too important to you for me to make that decision.
1: Don't put it on me like that. <laughs> it's <laughs> true. Don't put it on me. That's all I
0: got. Okay. Well, okay. for anyone tuning in, we appreciate you. Please like, subscribe, and leave us a comment. Let us know what you think. Uh, we're on Alexa Flash Briefing. You can add us on there. We're on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, SoundCloud, Google Play
1: iTunes as Disney WTF and The Wall Daily. Yeah,
0: it's a bunch of good stuff on there. Yeah. Medium.
1: We're on Medium. You can read
0: her articles on Medium,
1: which we're going to beef up soon. And Twitter. And Twitter. At The Wall Daily. And The Wall, yeah, we're on all that. So, <laughs> as always, thank you so much for taking some time to listen to, to this podcast. We hope it brought a little bit of magic to your day, and we'll see you next time.